The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Dr. Mary O'Kane, our resident childcare expert, lecturer in psychology and early childhood education and author of Perfectly Imperfect Parenting, is with us. So if you find yourself at the end of your tether, if the children are doing something that they shouldn't be or won't do the thing that they should be, if you have any issues or challenges with the little ones or not so little ones, because Mary covers a, a multitude, uh, fling us in uh, WhatsApp to 87 Morning, Mary. How are Morning, you? Morning, Anton. I'm good. I'm good. As always, loads of questions. Before we get to them, there was an interesting study that I just wanted to get your um, view on. It's being reported, I think, in the Daily Mail this weekend that says that hostile parenting and harsh discipline can increase the likelihood of mental health problems in children by a factor of one and 1.5 times. So it's one time, 1.5 times more likely that a child will be at high risk of developing poor mental health if the parents are strict and aggressive. Yeah. And Tom, this is no surprise at all. This is Irish, which I think is good because we can, it makes it more real when it's Irish research. But this is not new news, if you like. There, there was a huge study years ago in America and they did an analysis of 50 different studies on slapping. Now, it was only on slapping, not shouting or whatever. And that, that was probably the first big research to say, hold on a minute here. It's really damaging. And what's dangerous is we call it really authoritarian parenting. You know, it's like, you will do as I say, young lady. And like, there's no negotiation. It's, oh, 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 I'm wagging my finger here. But uh, it's that sort of parenting. But what they found was sometimes parents think, well, it works. My child is really obedient. Your child is scared. You don't want, you didn't have a child for them to be scared of you. You know what I mean? But that big study in America came back and said, hold on a minute. This is really damaging for mental health long term. So you might have a child who's obedient, who does what you say, but they are much more likely to have lower self-esteem. They're more likely to have anxiety. They're more likely to have depression in adulthood. So this study now has done the same in Ireland. Now, it didn't look at slapping. It looked at generally what, I, you know, I'd call it being angry, angry parenting. Yeah, the, the report said um, the behaviours that were the parents were demonstrating were isolating the child, physically punishing them or shouting at them. Yeah, and that is that really, that authoritarian parenting, we need to move away from it. And you know what it is, Anton? Most of us have. So, oh, on a good day. Oh, we've all moved away from it on a good day. And then it's the day that those little fingers push those buttons and you, you change. I mean, this calm parent into right back. You know, sometimes you go back into what, even if it's not your own mum and dad, maybe that generation of parenting was more authoritative. The good news is we but can do something about it. There is, surely there is a, a dividing line between authoritarian and authoritative. And is the last Authoritative is what we want. We want it. So authoritarian is that you're wagging finger and getting angry. Authoritative is instead, it's what we really want. It's like a middle ground between too permissive and too strict. You're explaining why you want something. You're negotiating. You're kind of understanding that sometimes kids are kids and they do things not deliberately to push your buttons. They do things because they're overwhelmed and they're struggling in that context. And we're kind of trying to remember that. You know, it's that knowledge that <laughs> he raises the eyes to heaven. It's that knowledge that helps you hold on on the days that you're struggling it does just for the record I was glancing at the clock rather than <laughs> raising my eyes to heaven I'm, I mean I'm rude but I'm not that rude Mary but uh, Anton can I just say one thing if any parent is listening to us now and they're thinking oh that's me like I'm angry all the time 
you can do something about that. You were talking about the acquired brain injury earlier. Now, this is another thing we know. So they were talking about the difference it made to our brains are plastic. So our brains can adapt and grow and change all the time. Well, they're adult brains. Oh my gosh, our kids' brains are hugely plastic. So they're growing and changing. So if your child has lived in a context where you're angry all the time, the neural pathways in their brain that are responsible for sort of trauma and that are aware of danger become more embedded. But if you change, we know that now, it affects their brains. So if you shift, if you think, you know what, I am going to change my behaviour, I'm going to parent in a more peaceful way, we know our children's brains can change. So you're, you can remove this risk. Um, uh, Tech saying, uh, an interesting one actually, I have a 10-year-old daughter who wants to be far more grown up than she is. How do I slow her down and help her stay at her age? Oh, gosh, I'd say there's a lot of parents of 10-year-olds would go, yeah, do you know they're on the cusp, aren't they? They're in maybe fourth class in primary school, that fourth, fifth, sixth. See, I think the child is right. I remember being that age and all you're thinking is, everybody tells me what to do. All day I get told what to do. I'm effectively imprisoned for no crime, (laughs) six hours a day, though I have done nothing wrong. I'm not allowed to drive. I'm not allowed to make my own decisions. I can't cook my own food. Get me to be older quick. <laughs> and that's what they, it's only natural. They want to be, and you know, I think it's happening earlier now, Anton. They've seen so much stuff online, they want to be more grown up. Compromise. I always say connection is the most important thing with your child. So if you turn around to a 10 year old and go, You are not doing that, young lady, you are not having this, you're not doing that, she's going to want it even more. It's going to be what she desperately wants. If you can find a compromise with her, and if there's something, say there's something she really wants to do, and you're thinking, Oh, I'm, I'm really, really not happy with that, don't you say no? Sit and explain why, but listen to her. You, know, you have it as back and forth. At 10, you know, at 9, they're halfway to 18, Anton. We sh- at 10, do you think they're going on the way up towards adulthood? We should be starting to negotiate, to compromise with them. So if there's something you really don't want, explain really clearly why, but then be prepared to compromise on some of the things she wants. You're going to have to defend your position in relation to this post-Dr. Oh. Spock world that you are espousing. <laughs> um, a text saying, I was scared of my wonderful father. He was right. I needed a good kick in the arse, says the text. I'm just quoting verbatim. Another one. Oh, for crying out loud, every child benefits from strict parenting every now and again. Uh, Okay, I'm not saying you don't have rules. I'm not saying you don't have boundaries. But do you really want your child to be scared of you? And do you know what annoys me? When people say, oh, I was slapped how many times it never did me a bit of harm. Well, if you're advocating slapping or hurting children, maybe it did do you a little bit of harm that you're not quite aware of. I'm not saying be completely permissive. But what I'm saying is... You don't want your house to be just a battleground. You want to have a positive relationship with your children. Do you know something else, Anton? If we get angry at them, we're telling them, this is what you do if you don't like what you get. So when they shout at the teacher in school, when they have a punch up with their friend in the yard, and we go, why did you do that? It's what you've been modelling at home. Let's be clear. What we all want is the sound of music before that nun came in and wrecked it. (laughs) You know, the whistle worked. They all lined up at the right time. It was nice and neat. She came in. Suddenly they're wearing curtains and hanging out of trees. Anyway, Tech saying, we've just lost my brother-in-law after a short illness. We're going to be travelling to the UK for the funeral, but he is not being buried, he's being cremated. I want to be as honest as I can with my children who are seven and nine, but I worry the details could be distressing for them to hear. How do I explain cremation in a sensitive way or should I just say nothing? That's a very tricky one. Bereavement generally with small kids is a difficult one about how how frank you are with them. It's really hard, Anton. Now, if this is her brother-in-law in the UK... 
I'm not sure if these kids are going. So what I would say, first of all, is I, I'm always one for trying to be as honest with children as you can. If they're not going to the UK, they will not know about that cremation. So I don't see there's a need to explain if they're not going. But if they are going, which I'm assuming maybe they are going with her, that's why she wants to talk. And um, I definitely would. There are words associated with cremation that for a young child could be quite scary when they think of their Uncle John that they loved and whatever. So we don't want to use those words. Language is really important. So the first thing I'd say is keep it at their, what are they, seven and nine. Okay, keep it at their level. Um, but speak in a very gentle way about what's happening. So if they're going, definitely talk talk to them and prepare them for what will happen. But really, I actually scribbled down a few words here, just saying instead of any detail, you you know Uncle John has died, what he chose, he doesn't need his body anymore. He doesn't need that body anymore. Now, if you are religious, you can explain your own viewpoint there. If not, you don't have to. But you can actually say, what I'd said was something like, your body is turned into a fine powdery ash and this will happen, this is called cremation. And there are people who will do this and they'll bring back what Uncle John wanted was his body to be given back to his family. It'll come in a now, little jar and urn. From my experience, experience of seven and nine year olds, what will follow will be the question. How? <laughs> the very thing. Yeah. So if they go into the how, we don't want to go into, we really at seven and nine don't want to go into the details. So it's best to say something like, well, in a crematorium, this is what these people do. They, you go in there and they have a process. You know, I have never been in the crematorium. If they're actually going to it, I would explain that Uncle John, whatever I'm calling him, you know, the, the coffin will go behind a curtain and whatever. And then, you know, the people who are, you know, the special people who take care of this process take over. I haven't been behind the curtain. I really, at seven and nine, would not go into the details of any further. They actually don't need to know it. But then f try and bring them back to the fact that what he wanted was maybe his ashes to be spread at sea. Maybe he wanted to plant it under a tree. Maybe So you're you're coming back to how he wanted us to remember him in this way and you're slightly moving them off the, the detail of it. Because Is it, it more difficult be. to explain bereavement to a child if you're not religious? Because at least if you're religious you can go straight to heaven. Yeah. But if you don't have that I imagine it's a lot trickier. I suppose it depends on your spiritual beliefs, doesn't it? I mean, a lot of people who might not be religious would have different types of spiritual beliefs. Do you know what? I always think one of the most important things to say to kids if somebody has died is they have never fully left you. They live on in different people. They live on in your memories. Or you, know, you see your smiling face. I look at you and I see them. You know, all this sort of stuff. Well, on that, on that uplifting note, Mary, I'm going to glance at the clock again just to make sure that I'm getting out in time for Bobby. He gets very angry if I'm late. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.